The following is a message from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at westcal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. So Exodus chapter 30. I want to read with you verses 1 through 10 and try to uh, make some brief comments on it. So Exodus 31 through 10. Uh, you shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its breadth. It shall be square and two cubits shall be its height. Its horn shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And you shall make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its molding, on two opposite sides of it, you shall make them. And they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put it in front of the veil that is above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony, where I will meet with you. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it, a regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in the year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord." Uh, well, it took me about 11 and a half, 12 years or so in the ministry uh, to realize how important uh, prayer is to the gospel. And uh, the past couple of years been uh, really focusing upon that in our ministry uh, in Oceanside. And so I want to encourage you this morning uh, with this passage that speaks to us about prayer. Uh, E.M. Bounds, a great uh, African-American preacher uh, during the Civil War, Uh, once said this, all our libraries and studies are mere emptiness in comparison to our closets, meaning our prayer closets. All of our studies, all of our learning, all of our books are as nothing uh, when it comes to comparing them to our prayer. And so here in Exodus 30, there's a wonderful passage, uh, this lengthy section that deals with the instructions, and then secondly, later on, the construction of the tabernacle. And here is a wonderful picture to us of prayer on this altar of incense. It's called the altar of incense because that's what it was for, to offer incense. It's also called the altar of gold later on to distinguish it from the bronze altar that was outside in the courtyard of the tabernacle. Uh, And you see here in chapter 30 the what of the the altar. It's made of acacia wood. It's overlaid with pure gold. It had a gold molding all around it, sort of of a, a crown molding. Uh, on the outside, the top of it. It had two rings on each side, and through those rings were put the poles uh, by which to carry it. You see the wear here of the altar. It's placed in front of the interior veil. So it's inside the first curtain that goes into the holy place, but just outside the most holy place, or the holy of holies. Uh, you see also the when here, uh, the fragrance and pleasing incense that was to be burnt upon it every morning, as well as Every evening, in contrast to there being no strange offering, uh, no strange unauthorized fire, uh, as the King James uh, puts it, strange incense or strange fire. 
So the what, the where, uh, and the when. But what do these details teach us? What do they teach us about prayer? Uh, in both the Old and the New Testaments, the altar of incense is a sign. It's a picture of prayer. Psalm 141, I won't uh, read them all, but Psalm 141, Revelation 5, uh, Revelation 8, as examples, both Old and New Testaments, that the incense that was offered up is symbolic of the prayers of the saints, that God himself smells and God himself is pleased with. So why should we pray? How important is prayer? How effective is prayer? What does it do? We see some of those things here, and just to make a few uh, brief uh, points, a couple of things to draw out of the passage here, not just the details themselves, but what does it say to us about prayer? I just want to notice three things. First of all, God desires our prayers. The altar of incense teaches us that God desires our prayers. Secondly, that God hears and accepts our prayers. God accepts our prayers. And finally, God's pleased with our prayers. He desires them, he accepts them, and he is pleased with them. Uh, Notice firstly then that God desires our prayers. That's what the altar of incense teaches us firstly. Uh, The very fact that God commands Moses to then build this altar upon which to burn incense, symbolic of prayer every morning and every evening, the fact that God commands it shows us that God desires it. What God commands, he desires. What he desires, he also commands. And so the priests were to offer incense, Aaron, the high priest, every morning, every night, in a sense, uh, in a way to show that God desired their prayers. He desired to have fellowship and to have communion uh, with them and they with he. This is a wonderful truth about our relationship with God. This altar of incense gives us a glimpse into the hearts, the thoughts, the attitude, the desires of God towards us, uh, his dear children, his people. Put into its greatest context, this is the Lord who has just redeemed them. This is the the Lord who has made them. He's the God who needs nothing beyond himself, his attribute of aseity. He needs nothing beyond himself, but yet he desires to hear, to receive the prayers of his dear children who are to cry out to him as they had done so previously in Exodus 2, crying out, and God knew their sufferings and their sorrows. So God desires the prayers of us, his Children, And he describes that desire throughout the scriptures in various ways. One pictorial way is in the Song of Songs, where the image between the loved and the lover, between Christ and the church, is described to us, where we read that refrain, I am my beloved's, and he is mine, and his desire is for me. Picturing the love and the desire of the Lord, ultimately, for his bride, his people, the Lord saying to us, desiring of us, saying that uh, he as the Lord, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, that he uh, takes us, his church, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold, for richer, for poor, sickness and in health, for better, for worse, till death do us part. That's the picture that God has for us, but also in particular our prayers. He loves us, as one songwriter says. He loves us with passion, without regret. He cannot love more and will not love less. In response to his desire for our prayers, we need to desire to pray. It's the obvious implication. God desires our prayers, and therefore we are to desire him. We are to lift up ourselves, to pour our hearts out before him. God is a refuge for us, the Psalter says. 
And so God's desire for us is then reciprocated in our desire for him. And so God shows us here then that he desires our prayers. What don't you see secondly then? Not only does God desire our prayers, but God also accepts our prayers. He's not a Greek God who just wants us to offer up incense just for the sake of incense or just for the sake of playing with us. He actually accepts those prayers. And the incense, again, pictures that. And the location of the altar of incense shows us his acceptance of our prayers. Notice two things about the the plates. It's important to see the place of the altar in relationship uh, to the altar of burnt offering. That's the, the large bronze elevated altar outside the tabernacle itself, but within the courtyard of the tabernacle. It's the first thing that you would see as you entered in. It was very high and elevated, very prominent to show and to signify that you can only approach God through sacrifice. You were a sinner. You brought your lamb, you brought your bull, you brought your goat, your dove, to come to this Lord who, first of all, looks upon his people and sees their sins, but yet offers to them forgiveness, propitiation. So we, we come to the Lord, and the Lord accepts his people first through sacrifice, and then he accepts them through prayer. So through sacrifice, then through prayer. But it's also important to see where this altar is placed inside the holy place. Notice the detail that's mentioned here in verse number 6. We're told that the altar of incense is in front of the veil that is above the ark. It's in the holy place, the first room. But it's not inside the holy of holies, the most holy place. It's just in front of that great veil that separated God, in a sense, from his people only allowing the once-year uh, year access by the one man. And so it was there outside, showing that there was peace between God and his people, that he did accept them, but yet there was still some separation. But yet there's something else here, notice. Notice the second part of verse 6. It's not just that it's there in front of the veil outside the Holy of Holies, but... Moses adds this by the Holy Spirit's inspiration, that the altar was in front of the mercy seat. That is the Ark of the Covenant. Although it's in the holy place and not in the most holy place, although it's not actually next to the Ark of the Covenant, it's separated by that veil, the Holy Spirit saw fit to have Moses put this little detail down to show the close association between the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord's presence, and the prayers of his people. In fact, the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, in that chapter that we wish he would have gone on to explain in more detail what exactly these things mean and how we are to learn uh, from them. But in Hebrews 9, verse 3, in fact, the writer, at least according to many scholars and commentators, made a mistake. Hebrews 9, verse 3. He, he lists the altar of incense as being inside the second curtain. Did he make a mistake? Did he just slip up? Maybe he was just a Greek writer and a Greek speaker, and he didn't really know the Hebrew traditions that well. The Lord wanted such a close association with his presence and the prayers of his people. That it's as if it was inside the Holy of Holies itself. 
That's what Moses is getting at in in Exodus 30, and that's what Hebrews 9 is drawing out the theological implication of it. God's presence accepts his people's prayers. Our prayers are right there next to him. They're in his ear. He sees them as the smoke ascends. His nostrils inhale our prayers and he's pleased. We need to know as Christians, they had all these symbols and signs. We, we don't have that stuff anymore, but we need to know as Christians that our prayers are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We come to him as, we, as it were, we come to Christ through that high elevated altar upon the cross. And because of that, he then accepts us As persons, because he accepts us, he accepts our prayers. Why does he accept our prayers? Because of Christ's intercession for us. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Even our our sin-stained prayers, our feeble prayers, our prayers that miss the mark, our prayers that are so selfish, he takes them and he sanctifies them and he makes them acceptable to God. But also, secondly, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Even when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, the Spirit makes intercession for us. We need to know that, rest in that, trust in that, and offer to the Lord our prayers, knowing that He not only desires them, but He also accepts them. And notice here, thirdly, the Lord's pleased with our prayers. It's seen in the very fact that the details of fragrance in the incense. Verse 7. Uh, later on in chapter 37, he describes it as pure fragrance. And again, as an offering before the Lord here in verse number 8. It's sweet smelling as opposed to the strange smell of unauthorized fire and incense. This means that the Lord loves our prayers. He's pleased with them. Because he's pleased with us. Because he's seen fit to give us Christ. Because he accepts Christ's prayers and the Spirit's prayers for us. Therefore, he is pleased with our prayers. They are as sweet-smelling incense to him. He delights in them. He wants them. The proverb says this, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. Let me just offer two brief little applications of that. If God is pleased with our prayers, that means that we need to pray in faith. We have to pray in faith knowing with certainty and confidence that he accepts those prayers despite the sin that still clings to them like a body of death, but yet he still accepts them. Pray in faith. Praying, knowing that God the Father is pleased to hear the cries of us, his children. Just like Noah offers up sacrifice and incense and prayer to the Lord after the flood. And we read that the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. The Lord said in his heart that he would not curse the earth in the same way again. When we offer the prayer of sacrifice of thanksgiving and prayer, the Lord's heart is moved towards us in love and acceptance and pleasure. Secondly, we must not allow the devil to cause us to doubt this. The devil likes to use that famous line, doesn't he? Hath God said? Hath God said that he accepts your prayers? Hath God said that he desires them? Hath God said that he's pleased with them? Does God actually hear your prayers? 
Isn't the heaven, aren't the heavens above like a brass and the, the ground beneath like iron for you, sinner? That's the devil's question, hath God said? Our answer in prayer must always be the resounding yes and amen in Christ. The golden altar of incense then teaches us of the Lord's desire the Lord's acceptance, the Lord's pleasure. With what? With our prayers. The prayers of children redeemed by his blood and adopted into his family, clothed in his son, given his spirit, filled with his knowledge, filled with his love in their hearts and their mouths. So here you are at the end of the semester. Pray. <laughs> Not just for good grades, but pray the Lord is glorified praised and honored through you just as those clouds ascended every morning, every night. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, our merciful God, you love us with an everlasting love. Your, your love for us, in fact, Lord, has no beginning. We cannot fathom and so we use human terms. But your love has been for us, and your love is for us, from eternity and unto eternity. Lord, what a joy it is to know that we are acceptable to you through Christ, and then, Lord, even our prayers. You do not need us, and certainly our prayers. But, Lord, you have commanded us in your word to pray. You've revealed to us that you desire that we pray to you, You've revealed to us that you accept those prayers. In fact, you use them. They are the means by which you accomplish your eternal purpose. And we praise you this morning that you are pleased with our prayers. Use them, we pray, in our lives. Uh, transform our lives, Lord. Cause us to live godly lives amongst ourselves as brothers and, Lord, amongst uh, ourselves as husbands and wives and uh, friends, neighbors in the world. We ask that our prayers would, uh, that, that they would ascend to you uh, for the needs of the world around us as well as our own particular needs. Cause us, Lord, always to know and to be confident in your acceptance of us in Christ. And also, Lord, that yes, you do take pleasure in your people because you take pleasure uh, in your Son. So hear our prayers, we ask, as they are offered to you in faith and with confidence, knowing full well their feebleness, but yet knowing the greater reality that you accept them for the sake of Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Copyright 2013, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.